welcome to New Life, would you stand with us and sing? Yeah. 
like missionaries. We support four missionaries across the globe. Fred in the Middle East, the Barnhorns working on Bible translations for Nigeria, Fernando Trevino working with youth in Colombia, and Eve working with Hope for Cora, and she is currently in Ethiopia for a month. Each missionary is furthering the kingdom of God in a different way. We are blessed that when we give to them, we get to be part of that work. During the next song, we invite you to give an offering as an act of worship. You can give your offering in the collection boxes here on the stage or electronically, and the screen will show you different ways to do that. So let's pray for the offering and the ministry of these missionaries. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being able to worship you by bringing you gifts from what you have given us so generously. We thank you that you are a God who loves, a God who cares for, and a God who supports. And we thank you that this extends to our missionaries. We pray for them that you will give them the strength for the task that you have given them that you will enable them to be your hands, feet, and voice in the places that you have assigned them to work. And we just ask your blessing on them and this offering that we give to support them. In your name, amen.
Good morning, New Life. Welcome to this church, particularly if you're here for the first time. My name is Janet, and I'm your host this morning. There might be some of you who are here for the first time and others who are joining us online, but we're glad to have each and every one of you. Our aim is to help you connect in community. So if you are a guest, you are invited to fill out a Connect card. And if you are here in person, you should find one in the seat in front of you. And you can submit it to the info booth or in the collection boxes. And if you're online, you can drop a comment sharing where you are and who you're watching with. If you fill out a Connect card and you bring it to the info booth, you will receive the New Life gift bag, which is pretty exciting. <laughs> and you will get a bag of New Life Missions coffee. Now, for those of you who think, oh, shucks, I've sort of been here before, so I don't get the coffee, you can come and buy some, because we're selling it today um, for, uh, to support our missions and our mission partners and it's fair trade Honduran coffee, so come and see us in the foyer and you can get some there. I, I want to just thank the worship team because uh, there were some new people up there and they were young people. And the, young, the youth have been busy this week because they were, a large number of them were at the prayer meeting on Thursday and they led us in a major part of that meeting, and I just want to thank them. It was so good to be in a church where the youth are not only sort of present, but are able to take part and really be part of our whole community. So thank you, young people. Uh, everybody needs to check their mailbox. Well, not, maybe not everybody, but most of you, because your tax receipts are in the mailboxes. So make sure you pick those up. Well, as a member of the missions team, I'm very excited to introduce you to Dave Weeb, who's going to come up right now, and he works for Youth Unlimited, and Youth Unlimited is our newest missions partner. Dave is here today to introduce you to the Ministry of Youth Unlimited. We look forward to developing this partnership as we share in the hearts for the youth of Abbotsford. A partnership like this is a great way to serve in God's kingdom and see the way in which God is active and moving in our own community. So welcome, Dave. Good morning. It's so good to be here. Uh, it's actually been since 2015 is the last time I believe I was here. Uh, Fernando from Youth for Christ was here. Uh, from uh, Colombia, and I was here representing us locally here in Abbotsford. This has been a long time, but uh, I want to, I just want to mention, uh, Christina, who was leading worship and standing over here, where are you, Christina? You're somewhere here. I know Christina for like three years now, because uh, one of the schools that we work in, Eugene Reimer, um, Christina, we've gotten to know her really well through our, our, our clubs there and connected there, and it was so cool to see to see a face from one of our, our ministries, so it's great to see her. Um, so it was last spring when I was thinking about it, I was thinking, who are some of the churches in this city that we have not had a meaningful relationship with, that we have some connection with, that we could reach out to? 
And so I thought, well, I'm just going to send uh, an email to Pastor Nathan here and see if he'd like to meet to discuss. So he ended up being, oh, yeah, actually, we're, um, let's meet. So we met, and Janessa was there as well. We met, and in that conversation, it came out that new life uh, from, from the missions community perspective was, was who could we begin to partner with more locally who's doing local missions work right here in the Abbotsford area. So it started a series of conversations that began in the spring and then through the summer. And here we are today meeting with you. And I think something was put in your, uh, in your, uh, a bullet, your online bulletin uh, mentioning our growing relationship here. And, and we do have a long history, though. Tony DeWall was our director, and I tried to replace Tony a long time ago. And, uh, and so I've been in this role here now since 2009 as the Abbotsford director. Uh, but we go way back with your church. Um, I want to introduce a video to you that we're gonna, I'm going to show you now. And in this video, uh, it highlights the needs of some of the youth or many of the youth that we work with. And it kind of gives you a sense of what the struggles are that many of them are facing. This video is, is created by Youth Unlimited, but it's, it's from our North Vancouver program. So although it's done in North Vancouver, you'll see images of Lynn Canyon and so forth. Keep in mind that that really reflects what we do right here in Abbotsford with young people. And then I'll share further beyond that. So maybe we can put that video on. If you're in the middle of a forest and you see a bear, you want you know, your adrenal system to kick in, your pituitary to kick in. It gives you superhuman strength. It allows your airways to open, your eyes to widen, and you can run away from a situation. You can get out of a forest with a bear chasing you because our bodies are created in this beautiful way that allows us to do that. The problem is when the bear comes home every night. And it impacts because you have this constant stress response where you've got cortisol and an adrenaline on a nightly basis when you hear the footsteps come through the door. And you know that child is facing trauma and abuse. And what happens is their brains and bodies, they do not end up sinking or reacting in a way that is normal. As a young person, when your brain is growing and developing, that is when you're most sensitive. That's your critical period for developing a functioning, healthy brain. So ACEs stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences and basically we're looking at early trauma or adversity under the age of 18 years old. The higher your ACE score, the more adversity you faced as a young person, the more of a detrimental impact there is on your physical health and well-being overall. So when I did the test and learned my ACEs score, it's a little bit stressful. Growing up, my dad was abusive. Um, my parents got divorced when I was really little. My dad was just didn't seem to feel emotion. You know, everything I did, I felt guilty for doing it. We live in a beautiful place. There's the trees and the mountains and the rivers. That's where Stephen lives. He lives basically next to Lynn Canyon. And yet inside that house growing up, it was a dark place. It was a painful place. It was not beautiful. We're here trying to step into that dark place and maybe walk together towards some more light. We roll up to the school in this 82 Winnebago RV, and we're here to care about youth holistically. So that's social, emotional, physical, spiritual, and mental. We care about the whole person. One day I met Steve. I just really had a connection with them. They've just done so much for me in pretty much every aspect of my life as far as like helping me focus in school and 
helping me connecting with people, helping me with music, helping me kind of figure out who I am as a person. Andrew's kind of the closest I have to a father figure. To intersect in his life at this point and tip the scales for what the aces would have projected for his life, to step into that means more than anything. I think it's as valuable as a doctor. While someone is young, there's all this capacity, there's all this neuroplasticity in our brains to change, that with caring, connected relationships, we see changes in brains. Structurally, chemically, it's a miracle. I just think it's a brilliant model, it's not rocket science, but we show up again and again and again. With some time and some more years of support, this guy's gonna be a real light in this world, I guarantee you. So Jennifer uh, mentioned uh, ACEs, and I'm going to list off for you what these are. Um, these are adverse childhood experiences uh, that young people face under the age of 18. Uh, and the higher their score is on these, the more likely it is that they're gonna it's going to have a very deep negative impact on their lives. Um, physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse. And then physical neglect, emotional neglect. And then household dysfunction, such as... Mental, mental illness, incarcerated relative, uh, mother treated violently, substance abuse, divorce. And I can say in my couple of decades with Youth Unlimited and prior to my work here, um, many, many kids that um, I have had the opportunity to come alongside of have, have faced many of these, these trials. Uh, I can think of a one young man when he was in, in grade six is when I got to know him. And all through his growing up years, his dad was a cocaine addict and in and out of prison, in and out of prison. He'd, he'd, he'd come home from prison, he'd be healthy, and then he'd slip into his cocaine addiction, and then he'd start stealing from the family, stealing from others, and then he would end up uh, back in jail, get clean, find Jesus again, uh, in a sincere way, I believe, and then come back out of jail back into his son's life, his family's life, do well for a little while, slip back into the addiction. This just kept on happening for him over and over again. Um, I can think of another uh, young man um, whose uh, the father was very, very physically abusive within the whole household. And then the father at age 15, uh, sorry, the father, a few years later, when the boy I knew was 15, the father took his own life and he this boy that I knew found his, his dad. I won't explain that further. Horrendous, horrendous uh, situations. Um, I could just go on and on with the challenges the kids that we, we work with face. Um, many of my experiences are in Abbotsford as well as in Mission where um, I started with, with the organization. I want to tell you about one young man who I got to know uh, in the mid-90s. Uh, I'll change his name to Danny. Uh, and this story connects back to this church in an interesting way. Um, again, this is a changed name, but when Danny was um, about 15 years old, he was part of our programs in mission, and he was a bully, neighborhood bully. Him and his friend would not let other kids 
that they wanted to pick on travel along 7th Avenue to get to and from, their, from home to school. They'd have to go a long ways around just to get to, or, and they'd steal their backpacks and steal their lunches and just be re really mean to them. Well, this, this bully, he also came to our programs and was quite actively involved, showed no interest in Jesus whatsoever. But we thought, you know what? Our heart is to love kids. We don't care if they like Jesus, hate Jesus, don't believe in him, doesn't matter to us. We're going to walk with those kids no matter what and keep on walking and walking. And that's what we've done uh, with young men like, like that and young ladies and so forth. And so we kept journeying with, with him. Uh, he was a, also a, a drug dealer as a teenager in the community. And eventually uh, that led to addiction and so forth. I got a phone call from him. Uh, I'm not sure how many years ago this was now. I've lost track of it. But now he would have been in his early 20s. Uh, he called me up and he said, Dave, I want you to know something amazing. Uh, I was in deep addiction, as you knew, and I ended up going to Joshua House, which comes back to this church because you support Joshua House. And I got clean and I came, out of my, I came out of my addiction and I'm following Jesus and I'm out discipling other people in the Joshua House program. And he called me because he said, I want you to know that although I wasn't really interested in what you were sharing at the time when you were talking about Jesus and you were helping me in my life, I was actually, it was all coming in. It, I was taking it in. And what you laid for me in those early years was really important for my eventual transition uh, out of that lifestyle and into following Christ. And that was just such a blessing to receive this phone call. And I've had numerous calls like that from adults who have said, thank you for walking alongside of us when we were kids. We needed that. We really needed that. And that was so important in our lives. Um, I could just go on and on with many examples. Uh, here in Abbotsford, as I mentioned, we're at Eugene Reimer Middle School. We're at Rick Hansen Secondary School. Most of the kids we work with there are in the South Asian uh, community, the Punjabi families. We have such an open door to work in that community, and we're so thankful for that. Uh, we're also at Gordy Howe uh, Middle School and uh, Mowat Secondary School. We work in the woodwork shop at Mowat Secondary School. Um, we're working with tons of kids in that school. Then over at Abbotsford Middle School, um, we're there, and in that context, a lot of the kids that we work with there are in single-parent homes, very financially challenged homes, and we're walking alongside of those kids there. Abbotsford Secondary School, most of the kids we work there have heavy, heavy mental health challenges. And so we're walking in that situation in the school and out of the school with kids with, with high mental health challenge needs. So there's just, it's such a diverse uh, context that we're working in, so many different types of challenges that kids are facing. Uh, and um, I'm not even giving you examples of what those all look like, but I'll say that we do a ton of mentoring one-on-one -on -one with kids. We do a ton of small group work with kids. We do day trips, we do camps, uh, and then we work a lot with them in their school settings in a variety of ways. So it's evenings, afternoons, daytimes, mornings, uh, all different ways. We have uh, about 30 volunteers, and some of them are baking cookies and making meals. Others are hanging out with kids. They're mentoring kids one-on-one -on -one at the local Tim Hortons or Starbucks. They're mentoring them. Uh, others are helping us run our small group uh, programs coming on day trips. So there's all kinds of really neat ways that volunteers are involved. A and we have, we have eight staff that are involved here in Abbotsford. 
we work with, we have, well, we have meaningful connection with about 500 kids in Abbotsford. Uh, we could right now say, like this past week, we would have had interaction with 500 kids. Many of those kids, we don't have the deep interaction with that we need others to join us because 30 volunteers and eight staff can't have deep, deep, deep meaningful uh, mentorship with 500 kids that we're interacting with. So we need more people to join us. And, and this partnership creates a space where, uh, with your church where some of you might have a tug on your heart saying, I would like to work with a young person like that that, that I've been describing to you. Or I, I could like to bake cookies. I can make cookies for all these interactions. I can make meals. And, and so I've actually, in the lobby, I've put a list of all kinds of volunteer ways, whether it's behind the scenes or working with youth. So you can come talk to me about ways you could volunteer here in our community with kids uh, in our city. So I, I just want to thank you again for, uh, as a church, the mission committee has brought you into a relationship with us. We're so, so appreciative of that, and I'm looking forward to the years to come of how this could grow. I'm excited by it. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. And before you uh, go sit down, let's just pray for you. Lord, we thank you for the Ministry of Youth Unlimited. We thank you for Dave's faithfulness in working with them down through the years. And Lord, we thank you that there are those who are reaching out to these children, youth in Abbotsford who are struggling. We pray that you'll give them the wisdom and strength to be able to do that work. And as we here at New Life develop a partnership, Lord, lay it on our hearts to know how we can be involved. Help us not to just think, oh, that's for somebody else, but to really see if there are ways in which we can reach out and support the ministry. We ask a blessing on Dave and his staff and his volunteers as they continue the work. In your name, amen. So, I think that was, uh, all I've got to do now is to introduce our fellowship time, which, as most of you know, serves two purposes. It allows parents to go downstairs with their children and come up again in time to get all of the sermon, but it also gives some of you a break to get a cup of coffee, so or whatever. But during that time, we can talk to one another, have fellowship with one another, and if you don't know what to talk about, this week, ask someone who is the most influential person in their life as a youth when they were young. Thank you. Bless the Lord, oh my soul.
You would take a seat, please. All right. Well, welcome again to New Life. So good to be here. And, uh, just delighted to welcome Dave uh, and uh, Youth Unlimited and uh, to welcome them as a partner as well. It's very exciting. You might be asking your quest- the question as well, uh, just in terms of, oh, well, it's nice that Dave's doing that work and uh, God bless him and all the best to him. Uh, but uh, the point, of course, for our partnership is uh, to provide for us also a way to serve and to uh, extend um, our love for God uh, and to bless others with that. So uh, today we're going to be talking about serving. Uh, we're in our series called Resolve, and we are taking a look at ways that can challenge us to grow personally and spiritually. So we've uh, challenged ourselves with uh, the use of our time a couple of weeks ago. We've challenged ourselves with uh, our prayer life last week, and then uh, this past Thursday, we had a prayer meeting uh, just to gather together, pray. Uh, Janet mentioned that. It was delightful uh, to be led by our youth. And then uh, today, we're challenging ourselves with this business of serving. Serving is a defining characteristic of the Christian life. It, it is the Christian life. Jesus said that the whole point of him coming to earth was to serve and not be served, to serve. Imagine the very son of God. I mean, you can't get any higher than that. And he came to become low, humble, to serve. And then uh, his disciples were struggling as well with uh, their position in God's kingdom. They were hoping that, man, if we could really impress Jesus and if we can you know, really be the best disciple ever, man, we will be the greatest. And then in response, Jesus said, if you want to be significant in God's kingdom, you're going to have to be the servant of everybody. Always the servant. But the question then for us, I mean, we can acknowledge that, but then the question is, what's our motivation to serve? beyond simply going, oh yeah, I guess I have to do that, which becomes burdensome, what is the motivation for serving? Because quite frankly, serving doesn't come naturally uh, for us, at least not most of the time. It doesn't. We have this natural inclination, in fact, to serve ourselves, 
to just make everything about ourselves or to be able to protect ourselves, to be able to advance ourselves, to make ourselves be noticed, to, to rise above. And then motivation for serving shifts uh, inward. And we serve maybe because it looks good or we serve because we feel guilty or we serve because there's something in it for us. So what's our motivation? We need the perspective of John the Baptist. John the Baptist. He came uh, as a miracle baby uh, just before uh, Jesus was born and grew up and became a well-known prophet. In fact, his ministry was super successful. It was. It was. John the Baptist had a huge following. All kinds of people followed him into the wilderness. They, they sought John the Baptist's baptism. John the Baptist was well-known. He was well-respected. But somehow that success didn't define him. When his disciples... Uh, began to shift, and uh, many other people along with them began to shift over to Jesus. They were drawn to Jesus' ministry. Then, then John the Baptist's disciples came to John the Baptist, all worried. They were like, what should we do? People are shifting over to Jesus. This isn't good. Like, you're, you're going to lose your success. So I want you to listen to John the Baptist's reply from John chapter 3, the Gospel of John. This is the word of the Lord. It says, to this, John replied, to this, this worry, this complaining about, oh, everybody's moving over to Jesus. What's that going to do to your ministry? John replies, a person can receive only what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I am sent ahead of him. And then he adds this commentary. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom, so John is describing himself as that best man, as it were. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and it is now complete. He must become greater, I must become less. We need that big picture, that big picture perspective for our lives. We usually think that the events of our lives are all about and all for us. Or to use John the Baptist's analogy, we think we're always in the wedding. John the Baptist says, no, no, no. No, there's a, there's a different wedding going on between God and the bride of the church. I'm just the messenger. I'm just the servant to announce what's happening. And that is what gave him joy. And so, so the, the motivation to serving is exactly that calling. That calling in your life and in my life to say, it's not about me. It's about what God is up to in this world. 
And I'm serving that purpose, that cause, that great event of the joining of humanity with God together. That's, that's what we're about here at New Life. That's, that's what Youth Unlimited is about. To grab a hold of those opportunities that God places in our lives to say, here, make an announcement. Here, introduce me to these people. Here, awaken these people to the glory of my kingdom. Ron Farr volunteered at the Toronto Jail for many years. Then he served the Salvation Army Gateway Men's Shelter. Then he pastored a church for street-involved people. And all of that took its toll. Now he directs the Toronto City Mission. This is what he says about all these years of, of serving, particularly in a marginalized uh, uh, Um, uh, class of people. He says, God's call is the basic organizing principle of our lives. I like that. God's call to us to serve him. That's the organizing principle of our lives. That's the big picture perspective of our lives. It wells up, he says, it wells up from our deepest priorities and inspirations, and it determines how we manage our time, it determines how we focus our energies, it determines how we relate to others, it determines how we organize our day, and it determines how we make plans for the future. Our calling to serve influences all of that. When you think about what's in my day tomorrow, What are my plans for uh, the coming months? What's my plan for the future of my life? It all comes down to listening to the call of God to serve. Serving from that calling then is not just some extra activity. When, When you hear Dave's invitation to say, hey, Let's partner together, and uh, here are some opportunities to serve. It's not just a matter of saying, oh, well, where in my life can I add on some activity? It's a matter of a big picture perspective to say, how in my life am I living out the call of God? And if you're listening and, and going, oh, I haven't been, well, then seek out these opportunities to serve. Because you don't just serve. You're not just doing something extra. You are, by your calling, a servant of God. That's the shape of your life. That's the definition of your identity in life, to serve. It shapes how you live, what you live for. It changes you, in fact. So let me list some of the ways that it changes us. In the first place, uh, following John the Baptist's uh, example, you believe that you are more than just yourself in this world. You belong to someone and to someone greater. Or in John the Baptist's words, he must become greater, I must become less. See, it's, it's one thing to acknowledge that, uh, that you're not the greatest. It's quite another to admit that you're living your life in order to become less. That's servanthood. 
kind of does a mind twist to us in our day and age and in our culture where it's very easy to live life simply for yourself. In the second place, you believe that your worth comes not from what you possess, but simply by who possesses you. Or in the words of John the Baptist, a man can receive only what is given him from heaven. See, we're so, we're so geared to think our lives are determined by uh, what kind of income you can have so that you can acquire things and achieve things and experience things because you earned it and this is yours. The calling of God to be a servant, however, means that you are owned by someone greater, by God himself. He is your master. (laughs) We're just not used to thinking of ourselves merely as servants, that we would have a master, right? We got to do everything on our own. We, we 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 can handle it. But in fact, we are servants. And having a master, by definition, means that you're a servant. And then the possessions, the resources, the the experiences we have, they are mere tools. Tools from the master to serve others. In the third place, you believe not only that you are more than just yourself in this world, you believe not only that your worth comes from whom, uh, who possesses you, but you also believe that you are more than what you do. More than simply your accomplishments, your achievements. That can weigh heavy on us. A lot of us buckle under that burden of thinking, oh, I haven't done anything great. I haven't done anything impressive. Or in the words of John the Baptist, he says, I am not the Christ. I am sent ahead of him. In other words, our purpose, our value, our worth isn't by what great accomplishments we, we can have for God. Our, our purpose in this world, in whatever you busy yourself with, even in terms of serving, isn't to accomplish great things so that God goes, wow, you're impressive. Simply to make known the kingdom of God, to show it off, to go, isn't God great? That's what serving is. The motivation of calling offers us value and worth beyond what we can do. To simply point the way to God. And that, that is joy, as John the Baptist would say. Finally, you believe that as great as you are, something bigger than yourself is at work in this world. That that ought to be a huge relief for us. Which is what Jesus was getting at when he said, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For my burden is easy, and it's light. Why? 
Because God is accomplishing his purposes in this world. God's already built his kingdom. We don't have to build it for him. We simply have to show it off. But that's something big of God's kingdom is what is happening in this world. Sometimes it's difficult for us to see. And in today's world, it's maybe even more difficult. But rest assured that there will be in your life opportunities for you to see God's kingdom at work in this world and opportunities for you to show that off in service to others. The call to serve. It's a tremendous motivation to be, to, to be busy, but busy for God, the master of our lives. And it doesn't just fall out of the sky. It doesn't just, just happen. No, that, that motivation to serve comes from the values you hold. It comes from the activities and the patterns of your life, the habits you establish, the ways that you begin to think of yourself. It takes, it takes some learning. It takes some training. It takes some, some uh, bending and bruising in your life. John the Baptist shaped his life around serving. He, he, I mean, he ate some weird stuff. He wore some weird clothing. But it shaped him and reminded him of the kind of servant that he is. That sense of calling also to serve comes from the influence of others, from family life from priorities that have been modeled. John the Baptist, I imagine, learned it from his parents. Parents who, Zechariah and Elizabeth, who Luke describes as uh, faithful devotees to God. John the Baptist learned, wow, there's a bigger picture here than just making it in life. And so he devoted himself to that call to serve. So here's the challenge in our Resolve series today. In this week, I want you to go home. I want to challenge yourself to say, is my life shaped by that calling? How is it shaped by that calling? And then, and then and to take notice of, or perhaps even to uh, begin placing some of those values and priorities of serving in your life. So think about the places that you serve, and many of you are engaged in many ways of serving. But even in terms of your livelihood, how, how does that serve others? In terms of your attitude, what are you going after? How does that contribute to your sense of, of serving? And of course... There's plenty of opportunity to serve here at New Life, particularly in children's ministry, which requires so many volunteers. Consider, what does it take to serve here at New Life? What does it take uh, to serve? We've got um, a trip to Colombia coming up. Uh, we've got to know by, by this Wednesday. But, but what would it take right, to serve there? And then, of course, you heard Dave's uh, presentation. Well, 
what would it take to serve? So listed, I, I just want to reiterate uh, Dave's call of opportunity to, to serve. And uh, so I've listed them on a slide. And um, yeah, it could be as easy as making cookies because, hey, they're, they're meeting with youth. That takes a lot of cookies, right? Or to be able to gather around a meal. I mean, it's, it's even the principle we work with here, right? We're like, oh, hey, let's, uh, let's have a meeting. Let's, uh, let's do an event. How are we going to draw people and convince them to come out? Oh, let's have food, right? It works, right? That would be a significant way to serve, to be able to say, hey, we can assure you, you're not going to run out of food. So, you know, we need someone to, to coordinate that, perhaps, to, to have someone here at New Life to go, all right, I'll be the cookie gatherer and the meal gatherer, and uh, we'll, from there, distribute it out uh, for wherever the needs are at Youth Unlimited. Or maybe even to mentor youth. What an incredible opportunity. Or to help at Youth, uh, young life, or, uh, youth Unlimited uh, ministry events. Uh, just, I don't know, do practical things. Set up, take down, clean up, monitor, all these things. So I love QR codes. Uh, I've, I tested this. It works even in the back. So, um, you know, you could uh, just focus in on that QR code and uh, it'll take you to the Youth Unlimited website uh, for signing up and volunteers. And uh, Dave and volunteer coordinator uh, Sharon from Youth Unlimited is going to be at the table. Uh, you can talk to them and uh, say, I'm not sure yet, but uh, sign me up. I, I want to serve. I want to I shape my life around the calling that God has for me to be a servant of God. And rather than making that some extra burden, Let's call it a privilege, a tremendous privilege to participate in the work of God. And let's rejoice in it. Let's pray together. Almighty God, thank you that you are God. That, uh, God, we can, we can look at our lives, we can look at the world, we can look at people around us. Sometimes it scares us, it sometimes burdens us to, to, to uh, witness the tremendous weight of things not going well or not going right or our own lives being threatened in some way or other or we're in the midst of struggle or confusion or sickness and all of it, God, I pray that you'll help us to gather it up in, in the presence of your Holy Spirit by your power, God, to be able to see the big picture of you at work in our world establishing your kingdom. God, give us the faith, the trust to know that you are at work. And then help us to joyfully come alongside of you and to welcome your invitation to work with you. God, help us to let go of the idols in our lives that, that demand our time and that focus our energies on establishing ourselves and securing ourselves. Help us to live by your calling in our lives. God, thank you for your Holy Spirit. 
to empower us, to give us the courage and the inspiration to be your servants rather than simply to look after ourselves. Teach us what it means to surrender our life, every part of our life, to you because you are our master. May we be your servants. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
as you go from this place, may God open up the eyes of your heart with wonder to see him at work in our life. May God bless you and place his love in your heart so that you can serve with joy, with faithfulness. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you now and always. Amen. Amen.